Youth and Care Day during the COVID pandemic, I'm thinking about the many, many young people who are currently experiencing loneliness and isolation, who are being cared for by staff itching to be at home, and who are reminded during these challenging times just how cruel and lonely the world can sometimes feel. During these challenging times, everyone is struggling, with or without a family, but Today, on Youth in Care Day, I'm thinking about the young people who have aged out of care without a family, about the young people who have forged new and chosen families for themselves, and about the young people who are bravely still searching or hoping for a family in the face of social workers and a system that tells them that they can, will, and should make it out alone. If COVID-19 has taught us anything, it's that young people from care deserve better deserve more than monetary handouts and phone tree calls from social services. We are reminded now more than ever that youth from care need supports that go beyond institutional care, especially when these supports and services aren't readily accessible to those who need it most. I used to be in a group home when I was young, and as I got adopted, I reunited with my sister. What hurts for me is not being able to see my brother because we are one big family. Now that COVID-19 is around, we're like separate families. We're physically stuck inside our confined spaces, and for some it's progressive, but for most it's a daily battle. Everyone adapts and copes with their isolation in diverse ways. You're about to hear five distinct experiences of what coping looks like with young people in and from care during COVID-19. I was in care for 14 years and left in 2011. Uh, right now I work as a freelance animator in Japan and I've lived here with my girlfriend for seven months on a working holiday visa. It's been a really interesting, challenging, and unique experience um, being overseas during a pandemic. One of the things that are helping me um, get through the pandemic right now is just thinking ahead in the future of where I wanna be and you know, not letting just the present circumstances overwhelm me with you know what's going on but just thinking ahead into the future and taking the time to build the skills and the foundation for myself to get there for 
for me, I think the biggest adaptation that I've had to pull off in this uh, time of social distancing and the COVID-19 situation is just having to adapt, you know, having to stay inside, work from home, not being able to kind of leave my house, like having the freedom to leave my house when I want to, not having the freedom to try new foods, not having the freedom to see your friends and work in a building and just go for walks when you want to, just not having the freedom to just kind of be normal and just have a normal life anymore, just kind of feeling shut in. My, you know, process in this time has has been gradual. I remember, you know, having to wake up on a Monday and just feeling really, really anxious because I'm used to like leaving my house for work. But instead, I, you know, have to stay in my room because it's just a lot more quiet and comfortable to work there. You know, not being used to working around family members who have, you know, busier lives than I do and you know just just kind of creating an environment to work uh, you know a, a quiet workspace and a quiet mind space where I can focus and and get productive productive work done so I think just just mentally um, one of the challenges of, of adapting is trying to find that time and trying to kind of equip and adjust your mindset to the new situation of working from home and being a little bit isolated and feeling a little bit lonely and, you know, not being able to leave the house when you want to and just just kind of finding things to entertain yourself as well because, you know, you, you don't have that room to socially um, interact. I think ultimately everything takes an effect on, on one's mental health, so... Um, that's that's kind of been my process of adaptation so far. My biggest trigger is that it's a reminder when I was in foster care and about being separated from my siblings. So I was often living in a state of worry, wondering, are they okay? And I never knew when I'd see them again. COVID-19 is a real reminder and trigger to that time and that anxiety. For me, would have to be my daughter's 12th birthday. I missed it. Out of 12 years, I've been there for 11. So it wasn't just the hardest. It will be, I'll probably be going down as the hardest, worst day of my life. reminds me of growing up in poverty uh, with my mom. My mom was a single mother. We came from another country as refugees. And uh, part of the reality is that oftentimes newcomers experience poverty, um, especially people who are coming as asylum seekers, because we have to leave everything behind and start new. And so I just remember my mom having to do anything she can really to make sure that I was okay. And I remember part of that was, you know, like she's, she's definitely the exemplifying definition of, you know, a survivor and a thriver because 
I remember she would do certain things that would make sure that we were okay in case something else happened. So I know, like for me, I'm Tamil. And so a lot of Tamil people are survivists. Like we are, we, we are survivalists through and through. And so um, our survival IQ is is, is just way up there. And one of the things my mom, my mom used to do is actually prep food and pack food and then stuff them into the fridge. And, you know, growing up, I always thought like, there's no room for anything else. And they're like, can you stop doing that? Cause I want to eat this and I want to eat that or whatever. But, you know, during times of crisis, all she has to do is walk to the fridge, take out whatever she she has prepped and then it's just so easy to make what she needs to make so we've been conditioned to really um to really thrive in in uh very um chaotic conditions and also my cultural food is very very cheap to make as well and so you know the staples like dal um, which is lentils we could make like 30 or 40 different items just with that and so it's it's been really interesting to recall and reflect on my mom and also my family but also the population and culture and traditions that I come from because they've really helped with stressing myself but also helped with you know re-engaging with my roots through food um, growing up in care because um, I grew up in group homes and so I didn't really have access to a lot of cultural um, you know food because we were eating sloppy joes <laughs> and other food um, that isn't necessarily healthy but once I aged out of care I took it upon myself to really reconnect to my roots that I disconnected from because of coming into care and food is one of these ways and during quarantine it's really brought back a lot of memories through smells and textures and being able to really reflect on those things because they do bring back good memories and it's very very therapeutic for me. Children and Youth in Care Day is part of a legacy of advocacy by young people in and from Ontario's child welfare system. It is rooted in witnessing the stories of lived experts and striving to create opportunities for better outcomes. This change cannot come without centering the voices of lived experts. As we experience this pandemic on a global level, we also experience it in our own worlds, which encompass our unique histories. 14 Stories continues the legacy of young people in and from care. As the listener without lived experience, you are invited into our worlds to practice empathy, to be open-hearted, to be part of the changes Ontario so desperately needs to help young people like us. As a listener and fellow lived expert, know this is just as much for us as it is for anyone. In the past, we have used Children and Youth in Care Day to gather, connect, and celebrate. In its own way, 14 Stories has also been about bringing us together in a new virtual way during the pandemic, to take hope from the experiences of our community and know that while we may feel it, we are not alone. Together, we can get through this. The qualities of a really, really good relationship, I call them the three C's, which are connection, compensation, and character. Usually it's difficult to build on or maintain a healthy relationship without these three qualities.
The nicest thing someone's done for me during this pandemic has been actually my boss for my work study uh, with the University of Toronto. She, uh, just as everything was going downhill, she gave us our last paycheck and actually included extra hours into our paycheck, realizing that this was going to be a tough time and didn't um, put any restraints on on her paycheck. So that was actually really, really nice of her. And she's made herself completely accessible um, in terms of filling out the government CERB applications or employment insurance applications. So that's been really nice that she's made herself approachable and, and accessible to us. thing that someone has done for me during this crazy quarantine time was I was feeling a little bit down one day and I have really nice neighbors in my neighborhood and they're like they give candy they give chips they give like on Easter they would give like boxes of goodies for people to have as like for free as a reward or something so one day I was like outside feeling a little bit down and then my one neighbor came out And I did not know she had this. She had a hairless cat and his name is Morpheus. I think that's from the Matrix. That is the cutest thing I've ever heard. So she came to me and was like, hey, why are you feeling so sad? And I was like, well, because, you know, um, this quarantine is really getting to me and it's been a hard few days. And she's like, do you want to come in and see Morpheus and the kitten?" Because she recently got a kitten named Snow that she rescued and So I went inside with my adopted mom and we saw Morpheus and he was really stinky and dirty. (laughs) So we needed a bath, but he was really cute because I have a really big obsession with hairless cats. So I was like rubbing his little wrinkles and then I played with the kitten and it was beyond the best thing that's happened to me. So we haven't been able to see them since the quarantine, but that was like the nicest thing that someone has done for me, like allowing me to come into their house, play with their cat. Like, of course we had to wear masks and stuff, but that was beyond the best. I used to babysit my other neighbor's daughter because she's a single mother and she was beyond the nicest. Like she'd give me dinner. She would like say, take anything you want because she has a vending machine. And when I was having a hard time with my parents, they were like, come over here and talk about it. It was beyond the greatest. And there's also another neighbor I have that really likes to paint. So me and her have been painting together too. The last time we painted is with a group of girls and we painted like, I painted dogs, cats, like I like animal stuff. I'm not really good with humans. <laughs> well, I feel like some days are harder than others. Some days the internet is really slow and I can't really watch Netflix. So sometimes I have to use my imagination. So one of the things I do when I'm bored sometimes is I go out and draw or I go for a long walk with my dog. There was this time where I was alone at home and I drew like eyebrows on a piece of tape and put them on my chihuahua. (laughs) I was so bored and she looked like Kylie Jenner. (laughs) I get crazy when I get bored.
birthday was going to see my brother for the first time in my life. I was in Toronto, just finishing visiting my mom. Since I was in Toronto, like, I decided to call us because, you know, why not? So I called. Aiden, Aiden was up to mom and picked up. They talked to see if we like would come over to pick up like a care package that they were going to give us. So they agreed, and we took the subway down. Once we got off the train, uh, we called again. They said they were going to meet up with us. They came to us while we waited. Me and my brother, we were excited and nervous, too. Like, because we didn't know how this was going to go. Once I saw Aiden, he's tiny. Like, I mean, tiny, I'm like, we're talking about, we're talking about, like, elf size. And walking back to his place, I had my skateboard with me. He said he wanted to race me. And he was running, and I was on my board. Most individuals know self-care to be bubble baths or watching a favorite TV show. And... Yes, that is a part of what self-care is, but self-care is also awareness of who you are and what makes you better. Self-care is learning something new or going back to a hobby you didn't have time for. The next two stories are about doing whatever brings you the most joy at a time like this. I decided that I wanted to pick up the guitar again. I started learning it when I was in elementary school and. I remember desperately trying to cut corners on techniques and, and learning new things, particularly better ways to form chords or different ways to hold the pick, which can create limitations I find as the older I get. So I've been working on breaking myself of, of the old habits. It's painstaking to slow myself down and not jump ahead. I'm hoping that it will create some freedom and mobility for me to be able to eventually pick up whatever song I really want to hear myself play and, and just kind of work my way through it without it feeling like it's a, a month's worth of work endeavor. I mean, there are some days where I don't really want to do that. So I play the songs that I know how to play. It adds a little bit of happiness to my life. And there are days where I can, I can see that there's been some progress. I've sped up in certain areas or I figured out better ways to, to move from chord form to chord form. I, I like that, but it's it's difficult some days. I mean, it gives my roommate and I something to talk about. He plays guitar quite a bit. He has several, and and he he's someone that I kind of look up to in terms of his ability to play guitar or to have freedom of thought. He likes to record his own music all the time, and that's something that is just very interesting to me because I feel like I don't have that level of creativity. But while playing, lately I have been... Uh, adding a level of discipline to, to my life that I haven't really stopped to learn recently of motivating myself to do something even for a little bit every day, even on days when I don't want to do it so that I can hopefully start to close that gap between you know, my roommate and I and our, our ways of thinking about music. more arts and crafty side of myself by finding that I'm having more spare time so something that I've been really interested in is in in learning calligraphy I was hoping to attend you know an in-person workshop in Toronto but 
you know, with things, the person that I was doing research actually offers like, I would guess you call them practice worksheets online. So I've kind of signed up to do calligraphy at home. And so that's kind of been very good for me because like, I'm, I feel like I'm exploring a new like creative avenues and just learning a skill that I wanted to for a long time, but maybe not had time to in the past just practicing calligraphy and I mean it's really hard and I'm nowhere as good as these videos I see online but it's kind of a nice way to just de-stress and learn a new skill and hopefully being able to share it down the road like hoping that I will get good enough that I could you know potentially maybe I'll write a letter with my calligraphy who knows but uh, it's been a really good I guess creative outlet to learn to try to learn something new. Mental health and wellness is vital in order for anyone to thrive. Individuals in and from care experience adverse situations throughout their childhood and young lives. During COVID-19, many in and from care have been dealing with self-battles, from financial inflicted mental burdens to past childhood traumas rising to the surface. We want to share three experiences from young people who were brave enough to talk about their mental health during COVID-19. Corona time is a really weird experience because I think we knew what was happening as we were transitioning and then we're truly understanding what was happening as it has already occurred, right? Like quarantine, like you didn't emotionally, you didn't emotionally understand what you were in until you were in it. That was a weird experience for me because I'm normally like a very busy person. I am the kind of person that like busy is not an over exaggeration like I have friends that like oh I go out like two nights a week and I have a side project and like I'm so busy I'm like like I work nine to five um but then on the weekends like I'm working on the, my personal brands every single day of the week I'm seeing friends and the reason I need to be busy is because when I'm not busy my mind's thinking and my mind's keeping me busy and oftentimes the things that's keeping me busy with are things related to my mental health um so trauma of my childhood and what I'm doing with my future and like emotional things I do not want to deal with. And kind of as I was transitioning into quarantine, I was also transitioning on taking SSRI. And for people who don't know what SSRI, in more well-known terms, it's antidepressants. Um, and that's a very difficult experience because I'm figuring out how to deal with my emotions while not having access to people that I normally need to deal with my emotions. I can't see my therapists and I can't do the in-person things that I need to do. So it's it was a very struggle for time because the things I depended on emotionally were no longer there, but also now I have to go through a transition period to figure out the mental health that I need to deal with. And I think that's what sometimes people forget is that like, yes, there are factors that are related to quarantine, isolation and boredom and social distancing are all things that are mental health. But an individual who has mental health factors before quarantine has to continue to deal with these mental health factors as quarantine continues. And that adds a layer in a like a boulder that we also have to deal with. So then there's this boulder on you, at least for me, that is the layers of things on top of each other. And 
oftentimes as someone who is in foster care and everyone's experience is going to be different but for me personally it's a lot about independence like i had to fight to get where i am today why not continue to fight to where i will get tomorrow and i think quarantine slowed me down a bit made me remember the supports i have like i would get a call from park and they were like how are you doing and how are you keeping and i get a call from my doctor and they're like how's the medication and i get a call from my social worker and i get calls from friends and old colleagues and it reminds me that especially in a time like this the one thing i have to remember is to continue to connect with people and to continue to use the supports because honestly like depression is not something you can do alone Uh, in the early days of the pandemic, like back in January and February, my mental health was starting to slip kind of into a dark place. And it was being reflected in my life as well as in my career. And my family doctor was so concerned about me, like she actually insisted I do not return to work um, and take a short-term stress leave. All right, so this was back in late January. Um, and then February and March, uh, my mental health, it just continued to deteriorate. Mm -hmm. um, so much so that like in mid-March, I was hospitalized. And finally, a psychiatrist had evaluated me and put me on like strong medication. And I've stabilized since, obviously. Um, but mid-March, when I was hospitalized, like that was also the height of the pandemic. Like that's when the entire planet like had gone into lockdown. I've been alone majority of this pandemic. Some days are easier than others. I can find myself sometimes sad, other days optimistic. I do struggle with my sleep pattern currently. And most importantly, I truly miss uh, the little family I have. I have depended on my friends, my family, and my community to support me. I have always struggled with mental health and the pandemic has only triggered me further. It is scary being on your own during these times. It has been a reminder of all that I have and all that I'm missing. I am lucky to have people, but I'm also reminded that often this is not actually true for young people in and from care, always. And so my heart breaks for those voices that we don't hear and get to see. My hopes is that everybody gets supported during this time, uh, much like I've been, I've been able to sort of seek these sort of supports from from the people that surround me currently. I remember folding my hands at six and praying to be somewhere better. I didn't know where better was, but I knew it meant safe. I knew it meant loving. And for years, I had hoped that I would know what a home meant. When I was 14, two police officers saved my life by saying that they had to take me away from my home. What I remember feeling was true happiness. I don't remember feeling scared or alone. I knew everything was going to be okay. 
Youth in Care Day to me represents people that had the chance out of their situation. It also symbolizes the young people that never got that opportunity. It represents those adopted, those with disabilities. It represents that we are all the same from the Jewish sector to the native sector of youth services. We are resilient. We have made it, even on the nights where we thought we couldn't. For society, this is one day. But for us, this is our whole life. This is our truth. Youth in Care Day is meant for us to utter the words, I am here against all odds. Fourteen Stories was produced by the Never Too Late team. Thank you to all those who lent their voices to this production, and thank you to those who contributed in various ways. This project would have never been completed without each and every one of you. 